Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you for joining us this Saturday morning. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I hope you are. Bill, uh, for our, uh, you know all that's <laughs> going on right now, yes, I'm, I'm doing well, and you oh, know, know our uh, our best wishes go to everyone who's been affected by uh, Hurricane Dorian. It's it's been a, a just a weird week, Bill. Well, that's for sure. Um, you know, truthfully, our hearts and prayers uh, must go out to the folks in the Bahamas uh, who have suffered uh, by far. <laughs> The worst uh, out of Dorian, and in fact, um, you you may already know, but Dorian was the second strongest storm ever recorded when it hit the Bahamas, and it it was another version of Puerto Rico from a couple years ago. Uh, just um, just horrible devastation there, uh, you know, but. You know, sustained winds of of uh, close to 200 miles an hour and gusts way incredible. over that, and uh, lots of rain and all of that. And of course, uh, our thoughts need to go to the folks up the coastline too, who have endured a lot of rain for sure, and uh, trees down and and uh, some other issues like that. But we've, you know, we can complain about the weather, but we <laughs> we we really don't. But but uh, you know one thing about um, this storm. You know, last we're, we are fortunate enough to have a, um, a place down on the Outer Banks uh, with a Kill Devil Hills address. Even though we're on the Sound side, out on Collington Island, a lot of folks have never heard of Collington Island. But last weekend, I spent uh, most of the weekend uh, preparing for this storm. Um, and you know, at least in my experience, when when I have uh, had the opportunity and have actually, you know, gotten things uh, ready for the storm or ready for anything, really, uh, then it doesn't happen. You know, it's it's all is well. You know, the the storm passes and goes somewhere else, uh, which. Um, is mighty nice, but it's still important uh, to prepare, you know. And and truthfully, preparing for a storm is just like preparing for life. You know, there are folks out uh, out there who think uh, nothing bad will ever happen to them, and they're happy-go-lucky, and they they uh, don't worry about it. Those are the folks who don't have any kind of legal documents and and. Uh, um, because nothing bad will ever happen to them, you know, and it would be nice if that were the case. But, you know, it's it's almost uh, the the um, you get into the same rhythm in like that you'll never make a mistake. I mean, how many folks have you ever met that have never made a mistake, Jason? <laughs> that believe they've never made a mistake or that they've actually never made a mistake? That's two different yeah, numbers, Bill. Uh, yeah, I, there there might be a few folks out there that think they're perfect, and uh, but the truth is we're human and that we're just not made that way, and, and we do make mistakes. And, and uh, the male population, of course, we make double the amount of mistakes. All we have to do is, is uh, listen to the other side of the equation. And <laughs> we know how many mistakes we make, um, lots and lots and lots. But, you know, hopefully we learn by others' mistakes as opposed to our own. That, that's the mark of a truly smart person. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, you know, last week we talked about the fact that, um, you know, what, what actually can happen when you don't have any documents at all, when you should have prepared and you should have had documents, uh, or, or you, you might be in that uh, group of folks that did documents 20 or 30 years ago, uh, and you've never updated them, even though the laws have changed greatly and your circumstances have changed a whole lot. Uh, you know, your children are now grown and you're getting ready to retire or you're already retired and, and you haven't had anybody look at your documents and you think you're doing okay. Uh, at least you have documents, right? But the truth is uh, inadequate documents can be almost as bad as... as um, not having any documents at all. I mean, the the one of the reasons that I end up going to court frequently to help families in need is because uh, of inadequate documents where they have a power of attorney, but it doesn't work for asset protection. And we're trying to get long-term care benefits and protect assets at the same time. And the documents that folks have just don't let them do that, unfortunately. Uh, most attorneys, uh, and certainly the, the quick fixes uh, online and things like that, don't give you the kind of documents that you need for asset protection planning. And, um, you know, it's, it's really important to be, <laughs> be prepared um, and to have the right documents in place. And... I realize this is a very self-serving uh, statement, but the truth is, is that for particularly for those who are nearing retirement or are already retired, it's the elder law attorneys uh, who actually have the best answers for that group of people, uh, because uh, there's a different focus uh, for that uh, population, uh, which is helpful. I mean. Now, elder law attorneys can help young people, too, and we do in our practice, but it's the kind of thing where um, there are a different um, options, and most people choose uh, the options that are uh, give them the most kind of protection because uh, one thing, you know, when you're young like you, Jason, uh, your focus is on how do I accumulate? How do I build wealth? How do I prepare for retirement? How do I protect my family uh, with some life insurance and things like that? But it's it's all about I need enough money to to retire on, to take take care of myself and my wife and my kids and make sure they have enough money to uh, hopefully to go to school uh, and get them out of the house, you know, that sort of thing, become empty nesters and retire happily and, you know, that sort of thing. But life throws monkey wrenches all the time. And uh, the fact is, is that uh, those of us who actually uh, – really think about it and prepare for those things um, are in so much better shape than, than those folks who are the happy-go-luckies, life is wonderful and will, nothing bad will ever happen to me. That just isn't the way life is thrown at us. Um, so from my perspective, it's a matter of having good advice, good documents, um, and following uh, that advice. You know, the, None of us know everything. That's, that's um, 
and and some of us know very little. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, it's um, getting good advice and following that advice. You know, sometimes uh, people listen, but they don't follow the advice. You know, you, that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You know, that sort of thing. And um, uh, uh, you know, so it, it's a, a matter of putting it all together and putting it together the right way. Um, uh, it's it's just like uh, for, uh, I mean, and sometimes life throws you things like as as we look at the Bahamas uh, being devastated. You, you know, you, you, sometimes bad things happen through no fault of your own. Doesn't matter how prepared you are. Sometimes life can just be completely devastating, uh, and that's that's where you have sometimes have to reach out for a helping hand. Um, but one of the good things about uh, Americans is we're very generous people, and you know when most of us can afford to help others in need, and that's what we really need to be thinking about right now. Absolutely, and uh, I think it always brings out some of the the best of America when we see others who are, are struggling. We tend to really step up in that those and, regards. And when it comes to the Bahamas, you know. Um, other than Canada and Mexico, which are on our borders, the Bahamas is actually the closest neighbor that we have. Um, and many of us enjoy vacationing uh, in the Bahamas and being down there in those crystal blue waters and and um, and the like. And they're delightful uh, people there. Uh, but they're going to be rebuilding for at least a, a year or two at this point, uh, much like Puerto Rico is still trying to uh, recover from from their storm. But, you know, the Bahamas is uh, the, the closest uh, Bahama Islands, only 60 miles from, from Florida. Uh, and most of them are within about 100 miles or so. Uh, so it's it's... You know they're close, and yeah. uh, you know they really took took it badly. Yeah, it was very difficult to see, but uh, we're wishing the best for them, and we hope the recovery goes uh, as as quickly and as smooth as possible. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, but we are going to get into some interesting discussions. We're going to be talking about levels of care for long term care issues. We're going to be talking about. LLCs and corporations and what you need to know about that. But we're also going to be talking about Bill's free seminar coming up this Wednesday, September 11th. You can find more information at WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. You can also go there to register for the seminars this way for free. And uh, we'll be talking more about this later. But Bill's also doing a special 2 o'clock asset protection seminar in addition to the long-term care seminars. But we got to take a quick break. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we thank you for joining us today. I want to remind you, if you want to find more information about Bill, you can go online to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. You can find plenty of information about all the services he provides. Again, WGALaw.com. That's also where you can go to register for this Wednesday's seminars, and Bill has... Three seminars going on on Wednesday, September 11th, 
Two of them are focusing on long-term care issues. These are the seminars, Bill, that we've – how long have you been doing the seminars? About 20 years, actually. My goodness. Well, it's, it's an important uh, – it's important information that people really need to have. And our long-term care seminar focuses on information that people cannot get another way. Uh, you cannot look in a book – and find answers uh, to how to uh, get um, eligible for Medicaid or, or the VA pension benefits that are important to wartime veterans um, or, or, or some of the other benefits. It's hard enough to figure out Medicare, let alone Medicaid. So we've been doing these seminars for a long, long time because uh, people continuously need that information. And we... Uh, have a good turnout but but this time last time we did for the first time uh we did uh, a seminar on asset protection and we had such a great response last month i felt like we needed to do it again and in fact we may continue to do it it just depends on uh, the turnout you know if we have a lot of folks who are interested in learning more about uh, asset protection and how it works whether it's in a Medicaid environment or not I mean there are a lot of folks that will never need Medicaid but they still want to protect their assets and there are a lot of different ways of doing that um, and so uh, this seminar tells them more than they probably want to know, but it, you know that's good to have too much information than too little information. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to do it again uh, and hope we have a good turnout um, uh, next Wednesday. And of course, uh, as all of our seminars are, are, are free, they're educationally focused, uh, there's uh, certainly... Uh, now, we don't feed anybody. Uh, that's important. You know, there is water and coffee available and things like that. But um, it's it's not a situation where we're trying to bribe you into doing business with us. We're just, uh, we are trying to educate you because these issues are so important to people. And, and asset protection is another area, uh, just like long-term care, it's hard to get accurate information. And asset protection is the same way. It's it can be confusing. It can be complicated. The answers are not always simple, uh, and so um, it's it's important for folks to understand this. So we hope we get a good turnout again. Yeah, and if you do want to attend the long term care seminars, uh, there's two. There's one at ten, and the other at six thirty. And if you want to attend the asset protection seminar, that is at two o'clock. You can go online to wgalaw.com and register for free there, or you can even call the office if you'd like to. And that number is nine one nine two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six. 7,000. If you want to call to register to attend any of the seminars going on this Wednesday, September 11th. Well, Bill, uh, speaking of long-term care issues, one thing that uh, is it's, it's still confusing to me, and I'm sure it's confusing to our audience as well, is, is that it's the levels of care when it comes to a long-term care crisis. It, it is, and a lot of folks don't realize that um, it is the levels of care what type of care that you need that determines what benefit program you might use or might be eligible for or can't be eligible for uh, that makes that d determination. Um, and, you know, it, it's sort of like the hurricane. Um, 
you know, when it was down in the Bahamas, you could, you know, they had a projected path of where it was going, but that, you know, they, the path could vary significantly as to whether or not it would really significantly impact us one way or the other in terms of, you know, do we have, you know, are we, do we live on the coast? Do we live near the coast? Uh, do we live in Raleigh? You know, uh, do we have uh, a home on the coast like so many folks? Um, and But when you're a week out, it's real hard to know. And so those folks who um, saw that we were in the potential path of the storm, you know, and boarded their homes up, got everything ready, uh, battened down, everything, <laughs> take the boats out of the water, all that good stuff. Those are the same folks that have purchased long-term care insurance, uh, you know, uh, that you know that the potential storm is there. It might hit you. It might not. But uh, it is uh, a real danger to all of us as we age because, you know, the, altern- the alternate to not having the possibility of long-term care is worse. That's death. <laughs> so, you know, as we get older, the, the risk of long-term care is, is huge. And so uh, having that long-term care insurance, guess what age you really should start looking at long-term care Jason, and now you've been here with me long enough to where you could get a good guess. Uh, usually 40s, if not earlier. Well, actually, 40s would be very early for most folks. But yes, I, I do believe uh, that folks should look at it in their 40s, even when they've got 30 other things that are a higher priority for them financially. Uh, that's really the best time because that's typically when we're very healthy and we have pretty good income um, and the like. So uh, getting long-term care early is actually extremely helpful. You know, for those folks who wait until their late 50s or early 60s, uh, long-term care can seem daunting in terms of how expensive it can be. Um, and unfortunately, uh, those as we get older, there's more likelihood that we will start having medical issues, which can mean that that insurance is not available to us, or we're raided because we've had a cancer scare, or we we had uh, uh, heart problems, or high blood pressure, or diabetes, or other things that seem to rear its head as we get a little bit older. Uh, which either means we're uninsurable or we're rated to where it's twice as expensive as it would be if we were healthy. Of course, the biggest, you know what the biggest factor with long-term care and life insurance is? You know what that is? What's that? Smoking. Ah. You know, if you're a non-smoker, your rates are far, far lower uh, because if you smoke – well, unfortunately, it's uh, the insurance, any kind of insurance when it comes to um, uh, life insurance or long-term care insurance. If you're lucky enough to be able to get it, is way too expensive. So yeah. it's just something to, for folks to understand. All right. So what are the levels of care? Well, f- where do people, if they start going downhill, where, where do they want to be? Where do you want to be? 
I think most people would say they want to be at home. Absolutely. So that's a level of care. You know, if if you can take care of yourself, then you're independent, and that's wonderful. Uh, and truthfully, most people, even with long-term care issues, struggle to stay at home even when they need assistance. And, of course, uh, one of the big issues that, that uh, raises uh, its head for those folks who are struggling to stay at home, but they're, it's like, I'm going to stay at home, I'm going to stay at home no matter what, uh, is that they are the highest percentage of folks who are scammed successfully. So scamming is, is a big, big business uh, for, for folks who live alone uh, at home. Uh, because, you know, as we age, it's not just mental. It, it can be physical as well. We don't move as well. We don't see as well. We don't hear as well. Uh, and then, um, you know, as we age, our minds slow down. It's very normal for somebody who's approaching 80 uh, to be a little more confused, a little more forgetful. And, and it, it's not related to dementia. It's related to being 80. <laughs> it's, it's a very normal um, thing. It doesn't happen to everybody. In fact, I just had a client last week who was a hundred years old, and she was just as spry and lucid as a sixty-year-old. I was so impressed with with uh, this lady. Uh, and so it doesn't happen to everybody. Uh, or maybe she was just ten times quicker when she was <laughs> seventy-five years old, and she's still quick enough to where she outpaces most of us. But Truthfully, it's a very, very normal thing. So, yes, home care is one. But the next step that I wish more people would think about is independent living. In other words, going to an independent living community. Uh, and in this area, we have lots to choose from uh, at, a di- at different price ranges. Uh, some of them are continuing care communities where you can move up the ladder if you need to, uh, and some of those you actually have to pay a substantial fee to walk in the door. But we also have a number of places that there's no fee. You just pay a small administrative charge for them to do the paperwork, and then you, and then you pay a monthly um, a rent, if you will, uh, that's um, – that and truthfully, those communities are wonderful from my perspective. I just wish more people would consider them. Uh, my mother, uh, she went to one, uh, and she always said, "Bill, I wish I had gone five years sooner, um, because it really would have helped me if I had made that choice." And of course, you couldn't tell my mother anything. She. Uh, <laughs> she was she was very independent, and she was going to make up her own mind. But she finally relented and, and decided that she wanted uh, to do that for herself, and she really enjoyed it. And I guess, uh, and then my brother had the same experience. Uh, he he uh, and my brother had lots of limitations, but he was uh, he just thrived in independent living. And there's a secret about independent living that a lot of folks don't realize. And that is, even though they don't advertise it, most independent living communities uh, have an extra license. It's independence with care so that if you have some issues where you need a little bit of help, 
Uh, in most of these places, you can contract for a very low cost somebody to give you that assistance that you need, and they come to you rather than you going into an assisted living facility. So independent living, can the secret is, is it, can, it can keep the majority of folks who go into independent living in independent living without ever having to go to assisted living, which is, and assisted living is more expensive, and assisted living uh, tends to be somewhat confining where independent living is not. So I know we need to take a break because you're giving me that look. Uh, So let's do that, and then we'll come back with additional levels of care. Excellent. We'll get into those right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us. I am Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander. And right now we're having a discussion on the levels of care for long-term care issues. And before we get back to that, I want to remind everyone real quick that uh, Bill does have his seminars coming up this Wednesday, September 11th. You can register online at WGALaw.com or you can call the office 919-256-7000. The long-term care sessions will be at 10 and 630 and the asset protection seminar will be at 2 o'clock. Again, online, WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. And Bill, we had just gone over uh, at-home care and uh, independent mm-hmm. living, and we were just discussing how uh, you know good a good independent living situation could either help you avoid or uh, mm-hmm. decrease your time spent in assisted living. Absolutely. Well, f- first of all, if someone is living at home, then it's highly unlikely that they're going to be eligible for any kind of Medicaid program unless they are very, very low income because Medicaid at home is for folks who are impoverished. Uh, but, but that's where uh, a lot of the confusion is because a lot of folks think all of the Medicaid programs require you to be impoverished, and they don't. That's, that's the big lie about Medicaid. And if you're in independent living, then you're in the same boat as it relates to Medicaid. However, uh, and of course, people who can afford independent living are always going to have too much income to be on Medicaid at home. Uh, However, there is one program that's available no matter what level of care you're in, and and that's the VA Improved Pension Program, which is limited to uh, war period veterans uh, and their spouses and widows. Uh, And so that's a program we always talk about at the seminar. Uh, Now, war period veterans does not mean that you had to have served Uh, in the war zone. It means that you were in the military service during a time of war, but you could have served your duty anywhere in the world while the conflict was was going on. And so, uh, and war periods are, we're talking about World War II, 
the Korean conflict, Vietnam, and and now uh, the desert in terms of Iraq and Afghanistan uh, and the like. Um, but primarily at this point, there, we have a few World War II veterans. Uh, Korean War veterans and Vietnam War veterans are the ones that we're helping the most at, at this point. Um, now, what's the next level up? It's assisted living. And a lot of folks don't realize it, but Medicaid does not have an assisted living program. Now, assisted living is for those folks who uh, need a, a significant assistance with the activities of daily living. So, and that can be anything from mobility to dressing to toileting uh, to eating, um, uh, basically um, – uh, you know, getting out of bed, getting into bed, you know, the whole bit, getting to the bathroom, getting a shower, uh, uh, you know, walking, the, the whole bit. And so if you need assistance uh, and you you can't um, do it by yourself, then assisted living is typically where you end up. Um, now, and that's assuming that you don't have a significant medical issue. Now, one of the biggest things that confuses folks is that uh, folks who have some form of dementia, and there are lots of different uh, forms of dementia, the worst being Alzheimer's, of course, and we focus on that in our uh, office for sure to help families suffering through any kind of dementia. Uh, but uh, the truth is, is that that care is about 95% provided at the assisted living level. And a lot of folks don't realize that. And again, Medicaid is not available. There is a Medicaid-like program. It's a state program called Special Assistance. And there's a little add-on um, uh, that comes from Medicaid, but you have to qualify for special assistance and not Medicaid when it comes to the assisted living level or the dementia care at assisted living uh, level, and so that's one of the biggest confusing and uh, things. And of course, the the most confusing thing with that is the fact that nobody calls it special assistance, and so everybody calls it Medicaid, even though it's incorrect to do so, because you apply for it at the Medicaid office on the Medicaid application. So, duh, it is very confusing. But the rules are completely different for assisted living care with special assistance than they are with the Medicaid rules. And so, duh, people do get really confused when it comes uh, to these rules and how they work. And the, the other bad thing is, of course, this is a means-tested program, and a lot of folks will never qualify for it because their income is too high, uh, whereas their income is rarely a problem with Medicaid, um, but the income is a big problem for those folks who need to qualify for special assistance. And so uh, this is where coming to the seminar helps a whole lot uh, in terms of trying to figure this stuff out. And then, of course, the last piece is Medicaid. So when is Medicaid available for folks? Well, it's when folks have the medical issues along with the activities of daily living issues, uh, the ADLs or the IADLs, if you will. 
And that's where you need nursing care, where your doctor says you're, you're bad off enough to where you have to go to that dreaded place called a nursing home. Um, nobody wants to go, that's for sure. The, the care's never great, but it's, it's safe, and sometimes you just have no options other than to do that. And that is where Medicaid is available to families. And the sooner you get help from an elder law attorney, the better off a family will be. I can't tell you how many families over the years have come to me and they only have say thirty or forty thousand dollars left, and and they started out with three or four hundred, and they say, "Gee whiz, Bill, we wish we had come to see you three years ago, or two years ago, or last year, or whatever. We waited too long, but we didn't realize until now that we we could have gotten help uh, a lot sooner if we had just known." And there again, coming to the seminar, you, you get educated on these things, and then you can figure out when is the best time to to see uh, an elder law attorney. And, of course, anybody who has issues that are that you already observe, now's the time. That's, that's for sure. Come to the seminar f- first, and you'll figure that out. But uh, now's the time. Yeah, and there's no cost at it for you. You just attend for free. Again, you can go online to wgalaw.com. It's pretty easy. Just click on the seminars tab, and there you can find information about registering for one of the three seminars on Wednesday, September 11th. The long-term care seminars will be at 10 and 6.30. The asset protection seminar will be at 2 o'clock. Again, online, wgalaw.com, or call the office, 919 919- Two five six seven thousand. A quick break and back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio six eighty WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us. Right now, Bill, we uh, we've covered at least uh, I think what it what we've intended to cover when it comes to levels of care for long-term care issues. But before we head out today, we wanted to spend some time talking about LLCs and corporations and and how these business entities work. Well, of course, this is, again, a a core area of our law practice is helping folks with asset protection. And, of course, once people get past the cornerstone of asset protection, which is having the right kinds of liability insurance, because insurance is always important no matter what kind of asset protection plan you have. Um, and But some folks um, uh, want to do a whole lot more when it comes to asset protection. So the next level of protection uh, is using uh, LLCs, which mean limited liability company, or corporations to protect assets that um, that, that one accumulates. Okay, so um, now I I will tell you going in that uh, my favorite uh, protection for most folks is the LLC, the limited liability uh, company. Um, it, it, North Carolina has has really good rules. Uh, you know there are um, 
folks out there that will talk about different jurisdictions. But if you live in North Carolina, having a North Carolina LLC is typically the way to go. Uh, and one of the nice things about an LLC uh, is that you can choose in an LLC format how to be taxed. And how you're taxed has nothing to do with um, – uh, how the entity works, which is really nice. So you can uh, choose. Now, the default, if you make no choice whatsoever, is as a partnership, which is very simple. Uh, and if you don't have any kind of uh, entity for a business or whatever, then if you're involved with someone else, such as your spouse or friends or companions or whatever, um, then you have a partnership. Uh, but uh, you can choose in an LLC environment to be a sub-S um, corporation for tax purposes, or you can be a C-corp or a, um, a regular corporation in an LLC, which is really cool. I mean, if you think about it, because truthfully, a lot of of small businesses uh, are better off in an LLC taxed as a sub-S corporation. And the same thing is true for uh, professional uh, limited liability companies. Many lawyers and architects and doctors are in what's called a PLLC, which is basically a professional limited liability company. Now, if you're if you create a company and you're and you're alone in other words you're unmarried or you don't want your spouse involved and it's and it's an entity that you own, want to own by yourself then there is a risk with an LLC that the company the 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 um, asset protection that you're seeking could be pierced by a creditor now, I have never seen a case anywhere in the country where a part, a true partnership, even if it's with your spouse and you're the only two in the company, that, uh, th that the LLC could be pierced. Uh, but it is a risk that you need to know about if you're single. If, in other words, if it's a single-member LLC uh, and the most likely um, – Folks, to uh, pierce it is a federal court. <laughs> you know, it might be the Internal Revenue Service as a creditor. It might be a bankruptcy judge, uh, trustee in bankruptcy going after your assets or the like. Um, and, and while I haven't seen a case in North Carolina where a single-member LLC has been uh, avoided, uh, it has occurred in other states. And that's important for folks to understand that because – um, a, a single member might be better off, a single owner of a company might be better off in a corporate status rather than an LLC status for, for that. But so how do people pierce those um, uh, com uh, companies? People like them because you put assets in them and then you have limited liability. And so if somebody sues that company, then they can't get at your personal assets, your personal investments, your home, uh, and anything outside that you're holding outside that uh, that structure. And so that's why people do it, because you can limit your liability by doing that, which is really good. 
Um, but so what are the ways that people can pierce it? Number one, if you're in a true corporation, the way they pierce it is because you don't operate it like a business. In other words, you don't have annual minutes, you don't have annual shareholder meetings, even and we're talking about a meeting with yourself if you're a single member corporation. Uh, you don't elect directors, you don't uh, keep um, minutes of uh, major decisions for the corporation, you don't elect officers each year. Uh, even if you're always the president, <laughs> you know, bottom line is if your corporation, you have to uh, keep your records up and importantly, you have to operate it like a business. In other words, it's separate from your personal stuff. You have to have your bank account. You keep it separate. You account for it separately. You file your tax Return separately unless you, unless your CPA actually puts you on a Schedule C in your your um, uh, on your personal income tax return. But it's still a separate return, even if it's a Schedule C. Um, so, but it has to. In other words, you don't go to the grocery store to buy groceries out of your corporate account or your LLC account. Uh, that's not operating it like a business and. Um, and so there, and truthfully, the majority of small companies that are have a corporation, in my experience, do not operate it properly. They don't operate it as a legitimate business. They they, um, they don't keep their records up. Now, the good news for those who actually form their company as a limited liability company, an LLC. You don't have those same requirements. You don't uh, have to have a corporate book. Uh, you don't have to have minutes, although it's a good idea. You do have to have a separate bank account. You have to operate it like a, a separate business. You can't uh, operate it um, uh, otherwise. A and uh, that's really important. Now, the way uh, a good lawyer will invade your LLC it is by uh, basically alleging that you and the LLC are the same. In other words, it's your alter ego. Uh, and that's a pretty big theory among creditors to actually be able to get at you. So you have to be very cautious and operate your business exactly the way a business would otherwise um, uh, be operated. So uh, and now, there's another reason I like the LLC, and that's because of the exclusive remedy for creditors for a charging order. And, of course, those folks are going, well, what's a charging order? You have to come to my seminar to figure that out. <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, it's really very helpful. So if you're an LLC, there's an exclusive remedy for creditors that's a real advantage to the owner of the LLC. And uh, you can actually operate as a sub-S corporation as an LLC, so you get the tax benefits of a sub-S while you're getting the, the creditor protection as an LLC, so the best of both worlds. But there are nuances to each one a person might choose, and it's really important to understand the difference.
Yeah, and you probably want to get some professional help in that regard because it's a big decision, as you've laid out, Bill, that uh, a lot of factors will go into this. So it's it's uh, my opinion that you should probably get help from someone who understands all the different implications of those decisions. we got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with, with more. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind everyone that if you want to attend one of Bill's seminars this Wednesday, September 11th, you can go online to WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. There you can register for any of the seminars this Wednesday. If you're interested in the long-term care, this is the usual sessions that Bill has done for uh, over 20 years now. You can uh register for those. The first one is at 10. The other is at 630. And if you're interested in the asset protection seminar, that is at two o'clock. Again, online wgalaw.com, or you can call the office 919-256-7000. We're out of time for today, but we hope you'll join us again next Saturday at 11 for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful weekend.